0: Everybody, Julian James here with a very special micro episode of The Great Park Hop. Henry Hall is currently on his way back from a exciting couple days down at the Disneyland Resort. I've been in touch with him here and there. It sounds like things have gone pretty well for him. As you would imagine, he is feeling the magic. But unfortunately, in feeling the magic, it means he is not. Here this week. So, what we're going to do is rather than just kind of skipping an episode and, uh, you know, just kind of going radio silent on anyone, I still had a couple of things on my mind based off everything that's been going on these last couple of weeks. Again, you're thinking, hey, parks are open. Things are going to slow down right now. Of course not. Things uh, just seem like this year in general are not slowing down, especially when it comes to. Disney Park. So next week we're going to have Henry Hall back and we're going to do a full blown episode where he's going to give us a a, a complete breakdown over everything that happened during his trip. He's going to update us on what's going on with Disneyland park right now. What is up with the jungle cruise and all of the changes that just recently happened there. They're in a soft opening. It wasn't looking like Henry was going to get a chance to to check it out, but lucky for us, he absolutely most likely will. And so because of that, we're fortunate we get the update and everything else that's going on. I'm super curious to hear what his thoughts are on Avengers campus in general. So we'll get that But like I said, it's been a a pretty wild couple weeks. And and we're going to check in with Henry on a lot of this news, too. We definitely want to check in with everyone on, you know, what's going on with the holiday celebrations that are coming to the Disney parks. That's happening. I guess that makes sense, given that Halloween is happening everywhere. We already knew it was happening with Disney World, but it's also happening at Disneyland. We have confirmation from the Disneyland Park. That, that is going on. And that includes Haunted Mansion Holiday, which is a big one, of course. That's that cool Nightmare Before Christmas overlay that they do every year. And so it feels good after last year. It was just nothing. We had no park opening. It feels good that not only is the park open for Halloween, we're coming back to to, to the good old standby Haunted Mansion Holiday. But not only that, we also have the Oogie Boogie Bash, which is like, you know, become the, the big Halloween party for Disneyland. And what is especially interesting with this is Disney world kind of went a different route. They kind of went the after and by kind of, I mean, they, they completely went the after hours route rather than having their usual, not so scary Halloween party. Instead, they went with kind of a, a very small stripped down affair that's only a couple of hours long. Disneyland said, forget about that. We're going all in. We're bringing it all back, baby. So Oogie Boogie bash is back in full form, completely wild. Uh, we're going to talk more about that next week, but I can tell you it is. As you would expect super, super in demand right now. I know that tickets just went on sale. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Tickets just went on sale today. And already, I mean, I was I was I was keeping an eye on things. People were waiting in that virtual queue for hours, which just seems to be the way that things roll for waiting for Disneyland these days. But is what it is. People wanted it, the demand was there. So people are flocking. But that that's wild. So we're back, at least in terms of Halloween. Of course, Christmas is happening at Disneyland as well. Christmas is happening at Disney World. Ken, we're going to talk all about that next time, but that's just a little brief. It's like a little brief nugget right there. We also got confirmation that the Submarine Voyage, now known as Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage, that is actually coming back at Disneyland. We had speculated, hey, if we don't hear about that soon, it might never come back, right? It's always seemingly on the bubble as one of those rides takes up a lot of space in that kind of fantasy land Tomorrowland corridor. It's just not the most popular thing in the world. There's a lot of nostalgia attached to it, of course. Like it's not one of those rides that everyone gets really excited to to go on unless you have little kids. It's an uncomfortable ride experience as, as many great memories as I have with it. It's not one of those rides that I'm like jumping for joy for. Last time I went on it, very cramped. There was like a dead fly stuck in the window. (laughs) It was not a great experience, but it's all kind of boarded up right now or not even boarded up. There are walls that have been constructed around that lagoon. So they're working on it. When I was there in June, the lagoon was wide open. You could see the, uh, you could see the submarines at the dock. sounds like it's probably drained right now. They are refurbishing it. And uh, there are signs posted up on these construction walls saying reopening winter of this year. So it, it, it is coming back. What a surprise. I'm legitimately surprised. I'm betting when I ask Henry next week, he's going to be legitimately surprised. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, maybe it makes sense in that, you know, with everything going on with this pandemic, there's a little less cash to go around. A little less, uh, a little less investment, maybe that's going to happen. Regardless, still surprising that they're going forward in these kind of like, uh, you know, COVID boxes. <laughs> so hopefully the pandemic is, uh, is, uh, is relatively under control by then, because that, that doesn't sound like the kind of ride I want to go in if, uh, if we're still worried about variants and all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, something to look forward to. We also got some word on details around Disney World's new early entry and extended evening hours process, right? This was kind of had something like this going previously, pre-pandemic, and it's been suspended for a very long time. I mean, it's, it's all of these early access, early hours, early entry, all of these programs everywhere has been suspended. But specifically, Disney World as they've been doing throughout this entire process, first ones out of the gate to say, Hey, we're not going back to the old process that we had before. We have a brand new process. Basically, if you are a hotel guest, you'll get access to early entry at any park that you have a reservation for that day. It's much better than the previous system where there were only certain parks that had early access hours. So as long as you are a resort guest, you're going to have access to whatever park you're going to that day. That sounds great. That's going to spread out the the guests. It's not everyone crammed into whatever that park that has early access for that strategy of stay away from the park with early access. Cause that's where most people are going to be. It's no longer going to be necessary. Hopefully we'll see how it goes. The interesting kind of wrinkle here though, too, is that we have, extended evening hours that are now going on. And these are only available to people that have reservations at resor- at deluxe resorts. So, hey, you, you want to be a big spender, you want to be a big roller, you're going to get a little more bang for your buck with access, a little, a little additional access to parks in the evening time. Now, Sounds like that's going to be maybe a little bit more limited. It's not going to be every park that you're going to get access to. That will be named. So maybe one day it'll be Animal Kingdom, another day it'll be Magic Kingdom, another day it'll be Epcot. You get what I'm going for here. Regardless, it's we're getting more into this whole pay-to-play system that we've been seeing a lot more of at Disney. So it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. But really what I wanted to, to to dive in here with, the one that I really wanted to explore with all of you. And definitely we're going to have to get Henry Hall's perspective on this, but since he's not here, I didn't want to wait until next week to really do a deep dive into this. But we were just talking about Disney's whole pay-to-play approach here with extended evening hours more and more of these aspects of, hey, if you want this system that maybe you were used to before or you want an even better experience, get ready to shell out. that's nothing new for Disney, of course, but we're seeing more and more of that. Anyway, the big news within the last couple of weeks that really got me thinking, and I think a lot of people thinking in the kind of Disney Park sphere, is what's going on at Disneyland, Paris, right? There's a lot going on They're They're finally reopening, which is great. Uh, obviously, they have an Avengers campus that's being built over there. They've got a bunch of new rides coming. So there is a lot to look forward to. There's a, there's a whole Marvel hotel that's reopened. A lot to look forward to going on over in Paris. So maybe it's a little surprising, maybe not. One of the big announcements that they've had, though, is that they are ditching the free fast pass system that everyone knows for the most part, everyone loves for the most part. And they're replacing it with something called Disney Premier access. Now, if you know anything about Shanghai, Disneyland, you're probably familiar. You've heard this, heard of this system before Disney Premier access. You, you could really, Just think of this (laughs) as a paid fast pass system. The way that it works at Shanghai, at least when I was there a few years ago, was you could decide if you wanted fast passes, they had their normal fast passes. They had their normal free fast passes. But the crazy thing about Shanghai is that on busy days, that park is insane. Like, you know, uh, those fast passes for the most popular rides are gone within the first hour, like forget about it. And so let's say you wanted to ride, um, you know, one of their more popular rides, uh, their soaring ride, which is insanely popular. There, soaring is immensely popular or, you know, roaring rapids or anything like that. You wanted to ride one of these more popular rides and all fast passes were gone in the morning. Well, you could choose to pay anywhere between 5 to $8 and just go in whenever, right, for this Premier Access. So it was like a one-time entry pass that allowed you to skip the line. It was kind of like a fast pass, basically, that you, that you were just granted that had no time attached to it. So you could use it whenever. But the crazy thing about it is that there were also only a limited number of single-ride Premier access passes. So, again, on popular days, it's completely likely that those single ride passes would just sell out. What they also had was they had kind of packages. <laughs> so, hey, rather than just get like three or four of these that you're paying for individually, why not get the Adventureland pass? Why not get the Thrill ride, uh, you know, collection of passes that included you know, five or six passes and you got a slight discount. And those sometimes, like I said, hey, maybe the soaring passes are all sold out for the day, but you really want to ride soaring. Well, you're either going to wait in like a three to four hour standby line, or you had the option of purchasing like the adventure pass, uh, the adventure pass collection for 40 $50. Or you could get like everything. I want all rides that use the premier access system. That'll, that's like 80 or 90 bucks, again, depending on what day, the surge, you know, capacity, any of that kind of stuff. So this is a system that Disney has had in place before. not the first time Disney's using this pay for fast track system, this Disney premier access system. Uh, so yes, this is the, Disneyland Paris is going that route. So what has been confirmed so far? Each one of these passes is going to be anywhere from eight to 15 euros. That's around 10 to $18 in us. Again, that depends on what attraction we're talking about, what day of the week it is, how busy the park is. It's basically, basically if the park is more crowded and the standby is super long, expect to pay significantly more. (laughs) If it's a low day, And, you know, you just want to, you don't want to wait in whatever the line is. You just want to pay for immediate access. It's probably going to be a little bit lower anyway. This system is not going to be in place for every single ride there. Really? They're looking at the most popular rides. This is, this is going to be attached to so big thunder. You can expect it. Peter Pan confirmed. Tower of Terror confirmed, Ratatouille confirmed. I expect that we're going to see this when Avengers Campus opens. So all of those rides that are going to, that are going to be attached to that. Expect that this is also going to be, they're all going to be premier access as well. We're also going to see the continuation of a system that they put in place when they briefly came back from COVID, the COVID pandemic. This is this free standby pass kind of digital system that works within the app. And it, it it's kind of like what we've seen at Disneyland with the Indiana Jones ride, where things get really crazy. And, you know, the standby line is just through the roof for a while. They were sneaking it through the Jungle Cruise queue because it was with social distancing. It just extended forever. You couldn't have an indoor queue it sounds like this is this has mostly been uh, remedied now that social distancing is not being enforced at Disneyland anymore indoor queues are are are, are once again allowed still basically the, the way that it worked was hey if things were getting crazy they would close down the the normal standby queue so you couldn't just hop in line you'd have to go in the Disney app and kind of book your Boarding pass, and then they would start calling boarding numbers. And when your number was called, go up to the front of the line, and you would be able to get into the queue. It sounds like it's a very similar process to that. Only major difference is that you are booking a very specific time, and then once your time is called, it's basically just walk to the queue, and then you're allowed into the physical standby queue. So you're kind of waiting in line to wait in line. It's all being managed, managed digitally and it's all at the discretion of Disneyland Paris. So again, I imagine if it's a really busy day. There's a lot of people that want to ride on Big Thunder Ma- Mountain, which is the ride you want to check out for sure. They have the best Big Thunder Mountain, no question about it. Anyway, there's a ton of people waiting in that line and that line is is getting completely out of control they're probably going to shut that line down and say, "Hey, you want to ride Big Thunder at some point today? You got to get into the app and you know book a book a standby pass for whatever time is available or you're able to return. No big deal. Relatively easy. Something we've seen also. Uh, so anyway, but but the big thing here. Is the idea that you, you know, that they were paper fast passes still that's gone. So if you want to skip the line, you gotta pay going forward. This is, this is the way of Disneyland Paris. So obviously like one of the reasons that this got as much play as it did recently is with fast pass at both Disneyland and Disney world. Obviously, Disney Disney World has Fast Pass Plus. We'll just refer to it as Fast Pass for for the rest of the podcast. It's the, it's the same concept, right? But uh, but obviously, with those systems being still uh, suspended indefinitely here at the U.S. parks, there has been a lot of question. Even before this, there was question of what's going to happen. Is it going to return to normal? Is it can you kind of? be just done? Are they just going to ax fast pass? Are they going to have a new system in place? And so with this idea of paid fast pass at, at Disney Paris, all of a sudden, a lot of people are are worried feeling like, ah, oh, yeah, this, this is, I can see the possibility that perhaps this is going to be a thing at, uh, at the U S parks and, it's easy to see why again, we don't have fast pass right now. So if they were, if there was any time to bring a new fast pass system, this is it. There's nothing in place right now. So everybody stand by. The other big thing of course is uh, we have a new CEO of the Walt Disney company, Mr. Bob Chapek, who, uh, you know, has got a bit of a reputation. Perhaps it's justified, perhaps not, but that reputation is there of being somebody that is a little more open to finding those up charges that, uh, more so than his, 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 uh, the previous CEO Bob Iger was all of a sudden with Chapik. Yeah. Okay. The possibility is there that if paid fast passes on the table, <laughs> he might be the one to take that bite. Not, uh, not completely uh, unfathomable here. The crazy thing, and, and where it gets maybe a little bit challenging to even think about how such a process like this would be implemented at these parks, is that you know uh, even though we do have Fast Pass at each one of these parks, it, it's a very different type of Fast Pass at Disney World than at Disneyland. And they're clearly there to serve two very different purposes and two very different crowds, right? We have Disney World, which really fast Pass Plus is like a an advanced reservation system, right? At least pre-pandemic, where 30, 60 days in advance, you were logging into My Disney Experience, and you were placing fast passes for your vacation that was like two months away. Uh, you know, and then you were juggling tiers where you could have, you know, one tier, uh, one A tier ride and, you know, uh, two B or C tier rides. And it was just, it was, there was a lot to juggle, especially if you were someone like me that comes from Disneyland where the idea of booking that far in advance and then having multiple tiered rides, pretty wild, but uh, but again, it's, it, it's to serve a very different clientele, right? You have people that are going for these big, big, big vacations that maybe they're not necessarily once in a lifetime, but they are like big family vacations. Uh, so, you know, you think about a paid fast pass experiment there. You think about Premier Access coming to Disney World you could see the logic of hey, because most of the people coming to this park are families flying in or traveling in for some kind of big vacation. Maybe that idea of spending a couple of extra hundred dollars on, you know, a few Premier Access passes if things are really bumping at uh, at one of these parks. Yeah, that might be that might be a little easier to justify. I know. Again, when I was at Disney Shanghai just thinking about, well, man, if the park is really slammed that day, I was very lucky. It was an empty park. But if the park was really slammed on the day that I was going to go, I had to start thinking is, can I justify, does it make sense if I'm not able to ride all the rides that I really want to? Can I justify spending a little extra money just to get a premier access pass that will allow me to ride something that otherwise I just wouldn't have the time? Wait in that queue for me, it was justified. I could justify that, yeah. All right, I don't know when the next time I'm gonna be at Shanghai Disney is gonna be, so you know, might be a couple years, it might be a decade, it might be longer. I may be never if that's the case. I want to make sure to get as much as I can from here, and of course, the thing that they had going on at Shanghai Disney as well, which I expect that would carry over to Disneyland or I'm sorry, which I expect would carry over to Disney World is the fact that with the on-site hotel booking, not only did we get, it was like a half an hour early entry into the park, but we also got a free fast pass that we could use on any ride for any time. A little extra incentive, easy thing to do to hand out those free uh, fast passes when you have hotel guests. And I would expect, hey, if you're spending more, if you're going for a deluxe hotel, you might get a couple of extra fast passes. Who knows? Anyway, it allows them to incentivize it. But like I said, you could see how maybe it's a little easier to justify at Disney World. Disneyland, on the other hand, Ooh. trying to think about how that would even Work now, obviously at Disneyland, there already was kind of a paid fast pass system called Max Pass, was a little bit different in that you know the base fast passes that are available to just everyone without paying is that classic paper system. So if you want to grab a fast pass to Radiator Springs Racers all the way. Over in California Adventure, and you're in Disneyland, you're in Galaxy's Edge, it's a long walk you got to make in order to, let's say, if you're park hopping, anyway, it's a long walk you got to make in order to find that machine. And you got to hope that, you know, you're doing it early enough so that you're able to lock in a decent time. The beauty of MaxPass was that, hey, we're basically we're not only digitizing the process of fast passes, but for like $25 or whatever, it's it's kind of been increasing slowly over time. I believe the last uh, pre pandemic, it was 25 bucks is what they had raised it to. But not only are you going to be able to just have all of your fast passes digitally on your phone, but you don't have to like physically, you know, go to a machine. I could be in Disneyland and just look at what fast passes were available for Radiator Springs Racers and just get it on my phone. That was easy. It, you could even, if you were just in the general vicinity, you know, after, after you scan into the park for the day, you could go back to your hotel room for a nap. And then, you know, if you were in a local hotel, you could book a fast pass through MaxPass at some point for the day. And then by the time you've walked over to the ride, like, hey, it's your time. So, it's like paid convenience. It wasn't just paying for a system that already exists. It was like, hey, you get added functionality with this. And it was also a little sweet too on the MaxPass side because you had PhotoPass that was included into that. Not something I used very much, but dude, if you're, if you know, if you have a family of four and you want to capture those memories, you want that kind of digital uh, souvenir to bring home. What a total steal 25 bucks for like a hundred bucks. Family four could get max pass with PhotoPass. totally justifiable. Now, if we're talking like a premier access kind of system, that is completely different than, than max pass, because basically it's giving you the same kind of system that you previously had, but just charging you for it, uh, presumably right. Uh, that's a little harder to swallow, especially when you factor in. Yeah. A lot of people that come to Disneyland are locals, so you're probably not going to be able to justify quite so much spending a couple of hundred bucks, maybe like every once in a while, if you really want to ride, uh, you know, guardians of the galaxy and it's slammed or you really want to ride web slingers or rise of the resistance, maybe you can justify that or. You know, uh, you know, if you're a traveling family from far away, yeah, that's a little easier to justify. But again, like something like 50% previously, again, we're talking about pre-pandemic levels, of course. But uh, previously, like 50% of the guests were coming into Disneyland were locals. You're also looking at the situation that Disneyland is in right now, where, uh, you know, we had mentioned few episodes ago, when they started uh, announcing and going through the process of booking up Disneyland, when it first reopened, we were expecting that that park was going to sell out instantly. And that was completely not the case. It was wide open relatively soon after its opening day. It was relatively easy to get a reservation if that's what you wanted to do at either Disneyland or California Adventure or just Park Hop. Not a problem. And it's no coincidence that with that, we have this uh, California, uh, we have this California resident special where you can get deep discount tickets for like a three day multi day ticket. All of a sudden, it's a little bit cheaper. Not uh, not a complete coincidence when you just everything looks like a lot of those locals that previously were using that annual pass to get in as much as they were. Without that annual pass, if all of a sudden you're being charged for every single day that you're visiting, every single ticket you're paying for out of pocket, you're paying full price, oof, all of a sudden that population's decreasing pretty fast. It seems to be an indication that maybe something like Premier Access isn't gonna work quite as well at Disneyland. So I mean, me personally, it would make total sense. For something like I don't know, Max Pass Plus is that what we're calling it? We're adding pluses. That's the that's the big thing. You got Disney Plus, you got Fast Pass Plus, you got Max Pass Plus. I don't know, but anyway, some kind of system like that where uh, you know you're yeah you just kind of have different ways of slicing up what access you get from that. It sounds like that's the direction that they're going with these new annual passes. Anyway, where you know, there's just various different models based off of your interests. So, uh, you know, maybe you don't have access to the park every single day, but you get 20 days plus five whenever you want. And it's all scheduled on certain days. And I, I don't know, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll see what that ends up being. But you could kind of see a way where it's like, hey, Max Pass Plus includes X amount of days that you get. The max pass feature for, or I don't know, are they going to tier rides? I hope not. Maybe it's for certain tiers. E ticket attractions, you can't. You can only use like one a trip or five a trip, or you know whatever. And then everything else that's not, but anything below e ticket, anything anything that's not the the big thing, <laughs> the major ride. Like uh, yeah, you get access to Smuggler's Run, but you know as much as you want, but you only get once a day or twice a day let's say once a day. I think that makes sense. Once a day for Rise of the Resistance. I don't know, but you could see them doing something like that. Maybe you're, you know, you're paying one flat fee and, you know, I don't know, your access is segmented a little bit. As long as you, as long as it's not like this upcharge where you feel like, well, eh, I already kind of had this system, especially if you're someone that's going to Disneyland multiple times a year. And all of a sudden, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense already. You know, if you're if you're jacking up the cost for Max Pass, it's already getting a little a little bit pricey. But uh, but yeah, I mean, regardless, however this goes, and it will be really interesting. Will we make it the end of this year with no Fast Pass announcement? No way, right? Like we have, uh, you know, at Disney World side, we've got the 50th anniversary kicking off October 1st, we know that there's going to be a surge of people going to that. We've got Halloween that's going on over there. So uh, one would expect that it's going to be a little bit more crowded than normal. Same thing at Disneyland, right? If we're kicking off Halloween, if we're kicking off holidays, if we're bringing back things like the way that they were, one would expect that that would also include some element of FastPass. Will that be the case though? I I don't know. I hope so. Hope so. But, uh, but we'll see. It seems like maybe timing is right for at least on the Disneyland side, annual passes being discussed at the same time that whatever fast pass ends up being is also announced and discussed, especially if it's going to be incorporated into new annual passes in some way, shape or form, they're going to have to talk about both. So no way we get to the end of the year without whatever new fast pass or old fast pass or update on fast pass. That's just going to happen. I expect, I hope. So, yeah, I mean, curious to see whatever happens going on in the future. And especially if it goes pay to play that, uh, that was always a huge, bonus of, I feel like Disney parks over something like universal or a lot of these other parks where like they do have a fast pass system, but you're paying for it, right? Like express pass at universal, you're paying for it. And like we were talking about the other day, in many cases, it's more expensive than a park ticket. That feels a little weird. it was always like a nice uh, felt like a premium experience with Disney. Like, yeah, you might be paying a little bit more. It's not if we're comparing to Universal, but uh, yeah, it was like a nice little premium experience, Nice, a nice premium add-on to the package. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully that continues. But also, what does Mr. Henry Hall, Mr. I don't like paying to skip the line think about all this? We are definitely going to ask him next week because I'm certainly curious now that this is becoming maybe a little bit more real. But that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. Hey, remember, we're back next week with Mr. Big Papa Pump himself, Henry Hall. Until then, stay healthy, everybody, and be good to one another. Bye.